Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Liberty. I'm your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I'm thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, this week, we have so much to get into. It's felt like uh, an eternity since I've really got to speak with you the last time, um, since I have really gotten the chance just to speak one-on-one with you. Um, but real quick, if you haven't yet, please go back Listen to my uh, interview with Matt Welch from last week. It was a great uh, pleasure having him on the program. Matt Welch was the, or is, excuse me, the editor at large at Reason. And uh, I was very happy to be able to bring him on the program. Um, and if you haven't, also, Matt was our, our latest and final episode in our summer interview series. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to all of our um, interviews this past summer to include Cliff Maloney, Jason Stapleton, um, Zuri Davis, Austin Peterson, Isaac Morehouse, and then of course uh, Matt Welch uh, from last week. So if you haven't listened to those uh, interviews, I really think that those interviews were some of the um, best interviews that we've had on this program uh, but so far. So I, I really encourage you to go back and listen to those. Um, but for this week, this week it was a bit, not troubling, but difficult to, to really pin down what I was going to, to speak about. Initially, I was going to, to have an episode on uh, Trump's statements on Afghanistan and the perpetual state of war that we are currently in and perpetual state of unwinnable war that we are currently in. Um, but I, I couldn't quite bring myself to finally do this episode on that because I find myself reflecting what it is the show is supposed to be about, what it is that we're supposed to be doing on this show. And while this past week uh, has really been incredible news-wise, we've had nothing but topic after topic after topic to be able to, uh, to cover um, on this show to include Trump's pardon of, of Sheriff Arpaio, um, like I said, the Afghanistan uh, war, uh, and several instances like North Korea. But the one that really stuck out to me the most was Hurricane Harvey. And that is because what it is we're actually supposed to be doing on this program, we are supposed to be building a community, a network of individuals, of liberty lovers, who say it's not the government's job to be able to care for my fellow man. It's not the government's job to do charity. It's not the government's job to uh, take out acts of benevolence. It's my job. It's my job. It's your job. It's the individual's job. That is the proper role of people in society, not the government. The government has a very distinct role that is laid out in the Constitution, and beyond that, a very distinct role in, in the terms of, of, um, of natural rights in, and the natural powers that government actually has. It's not to perform aid, it's not to perform disaster relief. Security is a role, yes, National security, self, or excuse me, national defense, those things are the are part of the proper role of government. 
when it goes beyond that, when it goes into disaster relief and, and government aid, that's when it is starting to step into our boundaries. And that's something I want to touch on on this episode because I think that it's important that we really get people to understand the importance of not letting governments um, overstep their boundaries into things that we ourselves are supposed to be doing. Why that's, that's dangerous, why that creates a certain amount of disconnect between us and our fellow man, and why that creates a certain amount of distrust in the marketplace more than what, obviously, many people already have. Because of this certain amount of expectation that people have in government, people just simply think that the marketplace cannot simply provide, despite the fact that government doesn't really do all that great of a job at, um, at providing disaster relief. And, uh, excuse me, despite the fact that government doesn't do that great of a job at providing disaster relief, and despite the fact that many people regularly perform charities, and as we see um, in Houston right now with Hurricane Harvey, the amount of, of goodwill toward our fellow man is unbelievable. It's not nearly as much, however, if you look back throughout our history, as what it has been in the past. And that's, that's part of the, um, that's, that's really part of the main purpose of this program. As I've said before, we are really trying to do more with history on the show um, because I believe that when we start to really reflect on our history and start to really understand where we came from, we can understand where we're going. And if we understand where we came from and we see that we're going in the wrong direction, if we catch it in time, we can shift gears. If we catch it before it's too late, we can stop ourselves from going over the cliff. Now, a lot of people, as I said, don't simply trust the market to be able to provide for something like this. They don't trust in humanity, which is very odd that people would have less faith in their neighbors and their fellow human beings to be able to provide for charity, to be able to provide for disaster relief, to be able to give benevolence toward your neighbor. They have less faith in your neighbor to be able to do that than they do in government. That's a scary thought. That's a scary thought in and of itself. It's a faulty thought because when we look throughout our history, there are riddles of stories where the private sector not only has picked up the slack where government was lacking, but where the private sector went above and beyond because there was no expectation that government would ever come. And in fact, in some cases, they even turned them away when government said, hey, we're here to help. They said, no, we got this. It's fine. We don't need you. This is, this is our job, not yours. Ours. James Madison said in 1794, I cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article of the Constitution which granted right to Congress of expending on objects of benevolence with the money of their constituents. This is really important to understand um, because Madison clearly outlines the role at which government has in charity and the role in which the people have in charity. 
the role in which government has in helping their fellow man versus uh, the people, which is to say that government has no right and no responsibility in the Constitution to provide for disaster relief or to provide for charity. Likewise, it is the full responsibility of all of us to do this. Now, many people will say that there is no um, example in our history. There is no uh, there there is no possible way that we can pick up the slack if there were no government to pick up the slack for us. Which I have to laugh at because, like, how long do you really think FEMA has been in, in existence? Despite the fact that it's not really doing a very good job at at uh, at providing for relief. It hasn't been in existence since uh, 1791. It hasn't been in existence since George Washington was president. It hasn't even been in existence since uh, Franklin Roosevelt was president. And that's when government expanded to uh, the, the behemoth that it is today. At least the biggest part of, of the expansion. The main story I want to touch on today is a story of tragedy um, but yet a story of unbelievable triumph of the human spirit and of the human ability to do good and to provide for his fellow man. The story I want to touch on today shows just how powerful and effective mankind, when we treat each other like individuals, when we treat each other with compassion and respect, how people can truly pick up the slack where government leaves off or where government doesn't even step in and it goes above and beyond all possible ex expectations and that lesson um, as you can tell in the title of this program for today is of the Johnstown flood of 1889 in the spring of 1889 um, heavy rains saturated the steel town and uh, the South Fork Dam 14 miles away it completely, it was, it was really quite honestly unseasonal and um, unprecedented, the amount of rain and, uh, and, and weather that they had been experiencing all throughout the spring. And the, uh, the, the rains that were quickly eroding the, the massive dam just 14 miles out caused much concern several weeks before it actually collapsed. You see, there were, there was... Uh, engineering flaws in the dam that a lot of people did not trust and for a good reason well on May 31st those fears of a dam collapse became a reality on May 31st of 1889 the dam collapsed it broke open and when it broke open the combination of rainfall and the lake it was holding back released 20 million tons of water to roll into the valley and descend upon the town of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. When all was said and done, and the destruction did its due, people started to, to uh, work in rescue efforts. 20, or excuse me, 2,200 people were dead. This instance in, our, uh, in American history was the single greatest instance of loss of life at one time prior to 9-11. Before 9-11, this was the biggest single instance of death 
at a single moment in our history. The damage racked up a total of $17 million, which is quite staggering even for for today's standpoint, let alone back then. And this was a small town, mind you, not even a, a, a large city. By the time all was said and done, 27,000 people needed aid, shelter, and food after the waters receded. To put some perspective in to how massive, if that alone doesn't give you a little bit of perspective of how massive this flood was, bodies were found um, in the Ohio River by Cincinnati. Mind you, that is 600 miles away in Cincinnati. As late as 1911, bodies were found from this disaster. Immediately, rescue efforts uh, started going underway. This flood uh, put puts hurricanes like Hurricane Harvey and her, even uh, Hurricane Katrina or, or Hurricane Andrews um, to shame with how massive of a disaster this was. Immediately, the townspeople gathered together, and while many were still shaken at the sheer force of the flood and the devastation that it created, every able-bodied young man quickly went to work to start the relief effort. It started within their community. As news of the flood traveled across the state and the country, um, they got to work in in, uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where residents collected over $48,000 in less than two hours for all of those affected. Pittsburgh residents then collected food, clothes, and anything else that they may have needed and deposited uh, every all of, the, all of the items at Union Station. The flood was on a Friday afternoon on May 31st. By Sunday... Over 1,000 people had arrived um, from out of town to help, mostly from uh, Pittsburgh. While, yes, it is true that the, that the Pennsylvania National Guard was deployed to Johnstown, the, John, the people of Johnstown said, well, we, we really don't need you here. We got everything pretty much under control, so they sent them away. Um, and now, eventually, they did come back, but only because... Um, they needed help in, in enforcing security measures, not necessarily help with the relief effort. Food and supply traveled so frequently um, from, from across the country that by a week later, fear of food shortages vanished. They had food stocked up to last them for months. Mind you, this flood completely eradicated everything. It completely wiped out buildings and certainly supplies and food and, 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 and pure water. But merely just a week later, all fears of, 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 of uh, food supplies and food shortages had vanished. Across the country, people immediately started raising money. To put, uh, put this into perspective, Pittsburgh alone raised $100,000. In Philadelphia... The city raised $600,000. In New York, uh, $160,000. Boston, $150,000. Even President Benjamin Harrison, who did not send disaster relief through the government necessarily, 
did chip in $300 of his own money and was able to raise up to $10,000 in a private meeting that people voluntarily gave. The lesson from this flood in Johnstown, Pennsylvania is a really powerful one um, that we can look at whenever trying to work through the situation of, of Hurricane Harvey. The lesson from this flood is that we don't need government to do the things that has always been very natural for individuals to do. This is not the this is not the job of government. This is the job of people. This story really resonates with me um, because this was the first story that I really evaluated and that I really looked at to realize, you know what, this is something that we can do by ourselves. It's not the job of the government. And reflecting on our history is important for this reason, because if we can't provide examples, if we are all stuck in the realm of the theoretical, as many libertarians and even many conservatives like to do, it's all about theory, it's all about uh, the numbers and things like that, but when you can't put the story and connect it with people, then people are going to completely blow you over and say, yeah, well, that can't happen in real life. Sure, you could say, you could say, if this happens and this happens and then this happens, then we can have private disaster relief. Sure, you can say that in theory, but where is your example? Right here. This disaster put all of our, all of these hurricanes that, that we are currently seeing, all the hurricanes that we have seen in recent years, um, even events like Superstorm Standy and Hurricane Katrina, um, any tornado or anything like that, that all those things pale in comparison to what the residents of Johnstown, Pennsylvania had to go through in the spring of 1889. Yet despite the utter destruction that completely unleashed upon their quaint little lives on that fateful Friday in May, it wasn't the government that came to the rescue. It was the people. It was the people of Pennsylvania. It was the people of, uh, of their community. It was the people of the United States, not the government. In fact, they said, no, we don't need you. When government came knocking saying, hey, you want our help here? We can do this. They said, no, this is our job. We have to be able to make that connection with people. Because when government starts picking up the slack for us, we start getting lackadaisical in our desire or our urge to do good. When government says, we can do this, that should send warning signs through you. Because that's not the government's job, for good reason. When you separate the people's ability to perform charity, to perform benevolence, when you put a drift and you cut their connection with their ability to do good, and you allow the government to start doing that. And people start getting a little bit more lazy. Not on purpose, necessarily, but just by result. Why should I go out of my way to help my fellow citizen when the government's going to do it anyway? Now, that hasn't certainly stopped um, several, several individuals all across the country who are going down to help 
the people of Hurricane Harvey. And as we have seen in the past, um, people like in Hurricane Katrina and, and, and the likes, um, charity still exists, obviously. I'm not suggesting that it doesn't. But we have to lead by example. If we are going to be the ones saying, no, government, you need to get back in line because this isn't your role. This is our job. We have to be able to lead by example. Now, I, I want you to uh, to realize that this is something that uh, I think that we can all make a difference on. Um, and I think that this is all something that um, we should be trying to make a difference on. Um, I Yesterday, I had... Uh, Asked several individuals about what what charities I think I could tell my audience about where they can go donate to whenever I record this episode for you all, uh, and I got some great replies, but I, I think there are a few that uh, that stuck out to me the most: uh, Team Rubicon, Mercury One, and the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief are are the ones that I can very highly recommend that you go check out and donate to but please don't let that stop you if there is any that um if there is any that you think are are great great charities to donate to to help in the disaster relief i know that uh, austin peterson's campaign sent uh I, I don't know if there was it was their campaign but certainly people who were involved with his campaign um went down to to texas to go help in the disaster relief, the the aid. This is where the change happens. If you can't step outside of your of your theoretical world and put your money where your mouth is, then you can't expect anything to change. We have to start being able to to step up and refuse for the government to do that which is naturally our position to do. Now, uh, that is going to be our show for this week. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but it, I, I thought a little a little story um, of of heartwarming and uh, of triumph of humanity in the in, in times like this for for Hurricane Harvey uh, would be something good to reflect on. Um, if you know anybody in Houston, if you know anybody. Or if you yourself are in Houston when, when you're listening to this, please um, be safe and, and look out for, for anyone who might be in harm's way. Uh, and again, if, uh, as I <laughs> say every week, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Caleb France. You can follow the show on Twitter at Mill Liberty. Um, and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so that you will never miss an episode or an update. And until next week, we'll see you.